thought we couldn't do it, but we here. Episode 20. It is the boys back in town. Joined with today. Today. In the left corner. No, I won't do it that way. Alright, it's Ten Don Ball Send. Join with me is the indomitable. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. He wrote uh Sanskrit was invented by this man. Um he's actually met the Dalai Lama. Um previously in his diff in, in his different forms, this man has uh, ventured to the top of Mount Fuji. Uh, he's been to the catacombs of Paris. He's even written a book on um, cooking muffins. And uh, we're joined with this great man of variety, uh, Moses Waldo. Moses, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Yeah. Just finished a fresh batch, ready to go. Okay, love it, love it, love it, love it, love, 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 love it. And of course, all the experiences have combined, and, and that's how you are making this, these cupcakes, right? This is a world-renowned cupcake maker. Moses Walden. Absolutely. Okay. I'm loving TLC it. is a secret ingredient. <laughs> TLC. Betty, Betty Crocker, watch yourself, okay? He's coming up. Uh, but coming for you. Yeah. How are you doing, Moses? I'm doing all right. Yeah? That's one of the most interesting Listen, intros when I'm, it comes to me. So, hey, I'm gonna, I'll I'm, take it. I'm going to keep putting things in a blender and then seeing what pops up every episode. I have a sweet tooth, so yeah, it works. Yeah, no, it kind of works. I, it's not to say you're unfamiliar with baking. It's maybe more to say... He might not have us. Uh, he may not not have been to Mount Fuji, but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> People will figure that out later. Um, Moses, so much has happened this week. Uh, I say that every week, but it's it's there's so much to bite into, and I had like a few, we've got like uh, so many topics that have been quite juicy uh, as of recent. Like we saw the crowning of the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, the, the Tampa, at least, at least one team in Tampa is going to get to walk around with a, a trophy of sorts. I'm sure there's another that is hoping for it, fingers crossed. But I mean, you know, voodoo has to come into play, but that's another question, another story for another day. Don't want to get into that. But yeah, Moses, what are your thoughts on the, the NHL? You know what? Couldn't have happened to a better team. Uh, when you looked at it from the top down, Tampa was the best and, and deserved the Stanley Cup. And through the four rounds, they showed different elements of their game. Offensively, they were very potent. Special teams was a huge factor in their series against Dallas. And then you take a look at what this team did throughout. So it wasn't just goal scoring, but they had to play defense when they did. When they were up one, they shut teams down. Yeah. When they needed those big saves, Andre Vasilevsky came in and proved his Huge. worth. He only made 18 saves in game six, but he did make a few when they counted late in the late stages when Dallas was really pressing, trying to get that goal and get back in the hockey game. And they ended up uh, stifling uh, the stars offensively. And there was more questions and more doubt in the back of their mind. And I think that was clearly the case here. And, you know, this was a team ultimately that was galvanized because of their captain. Yeah. You know, their captain was out for a large chunk, well, large chunk, I think only outside of one game, perhaps maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes of actual gameplay. But it was absolutely gorgeous when he came back in game three and scored that beautiful goal. And a lot of people joke around saying, you know, that was the most beautiful uh, two and a half minutes of, uh, you know, of hockey <laughs> that anybody's going to see yeah. just from one man. And he proved that. But I think overall, 
with their captain being out of the lineup, maybe not there on the ice, but a guy who was around the locker room, around the bench, around the team consistently throughout. He could have just said, you know what, I'm going to go home and chill. I'm not going to be playing. Instead, he, he wanted to be part of that group. And you know what? He got rewarded. He may have played one game, but it was great in his time. We're not even like, you know, like I said, like two plus minutes uh, of hockey. And that came in in game three of the Stanley Cup finals. But outside of that, I think what that team was essentially a team. They did what they had to do. They had to grind games in order to win those. Check mark. You know, if they wanted to get into a shootout, they had no problem with that. Scoring yeah. goals, Braden Point, the Calgary guy. Uh, was fantastic, uh, proving that, you know, big things come in small packages. He's not a big dude, you know, who's a late-round pick. And, uh, you know, you, you look at what up. he's done at his young age, and he's now a cup winner. You know, yeah. you, you got to give uh, a salute to him. He led the Stanley Cup final, or finals, the Stanley Cup playoffs in goals with 14, finished right behind his teammate for points overall with That's 33. Incredible. Yeah. And was a contender for the Conn Smythe, which went to Victor Hedman. And honestly, you couldn't blame him because – Edmund was unreal uh, when it came to his play as well. So there were a lot of guys who stepped up when they needed to from their big names. And I think this is retribution for John Cooper, their head coach, knowing that they had the best record last year. They were the team to be what happened. You got shell shocked in the first round, getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. This time around, they knew what had to happen. Yeah. And they weren't going to let that happen again. And kudos to him and the rest of his coaching staff that did a phenomenal job. And in Tampa, it's well-deserved that they win the cup. Yeah, for sure. And that was, that's actually what I was going to also saying. This must feel such a relief for a team that were proven to be the best team last year because having the best record going into postseason, it's uh, fully expecting that you're going to see an incredible showing out, but falling short, like you said, shell-shocked. Uh, but now having that as you know your the the 2020 vision of uh, hindsight allows them to say hey maybe we should approach the final playoffs a little differently but also um kudos to them on doing it in the space of whatever the hell this uh covid stanley cup was you know um i guess the only thing that i think maybe sucks for them is that they they won it but they won it in edmonton so <laughs> it's it's Stanley Cup. Hey, listen, beautiful thing, but one in Edmonton. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to the Lightning. Finally, get that. You no, know, Edmonton's uh, not a bad city. Yeah, three weeks a, of the year. It, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's balmy. You know, good weather three weeks out of the year. So um, and listen, they're inside. It's indoors. You barely even notice the difference. So good, good for them. Uh, we can't wait for the next season to kick off. I know it's probably less. Uh, and I don't even think they get a uh, preseason or anything. They're just jumping straight into the new season. Well, it will be interesting to see what happens because there's still questions of the in the air for you know because this is not like the NBA where yeah. you know you 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 could get away with it and what they did with Major League Baseball because you only have one professional sports team from Canada. Yeah. So you probably essentially just take it's easier to take say the Raptors put them in a you know, uh, a place like in Buffalo and let them play out their season there if they for needed sure. to. For if sure. they were to do something more of a major league baseball yeah. level where they had teams play in the home park. And the Blue Jays in particular played in their AAA affiliate in Buffalo and played there for their home games. And so I, I am interested to see how the National Hockey League is going to do this. There has been talk that they're going to have a bubble or maybe a bit of a hybrid. So 
until they come up, I don't know, with a vaccine that's viable uh, for yeah. the coronavirus. What they're yeah. planning to do is have a partial bubble, have like four or five, maybe six host cities, uh, hub cities, and then, you know, play your games around then. And then once things are given the OK and we're clear, then we can have teams go across the border because there are seven Canadian teams as well. Mm-hmm. So that's more of a challenge for the NHL. For sure. And then be able to have those teams travel across the border being able to play away games, being able to play games at home and these different and then, barns. And, and then also seeing if you can include um, how, what, how, what are they going to do for fans? Because I think... Absolutely. Do maybe what the NFL is doing. Mm-hmm. I think what's really nice about this whole experiment with sports being back is each league is learning from each other what works, what doesn't work. And we're seeing totally. that, especially when we saw you know, European football come back, right? When we saw the German league, the Bundesliga come back, we saw this with the Premier League and saw various leagues that decided to return and finish up their season. La Liga is another example. Yeah. And the Champions League, right? Yeah. In Europe, like they got those competitions and how they had like certain hubs. They had to, you know, kind of change things around a little bit, uh, kind of tweak uh, certain elements of like, say, rules, uh, you name it, substitutions, etc. But at the end of the day, they kind of showed us what's working. And if you look at the leagues now, moving forward, you look at, um, you know, Ligue 1 as an example in France, where they did open it up to fans, where they can't have uh, a certain amount. Germany's done the same thing yes. in Bundesliga, which recently started up. So and I think uh, the Eredivisie in, the, in uh, the Netherlands has also done something similar. I'm sure other leagues have done that as well. Those are just the ones that I've seen and I'm familiar with and, and ones that I'm like, okay, they do have fans in the stands. Then you look at the National Football League is the next step, where they've given the teams the option. And that might be another thing. You know, one of the nicest things about North American sports is – they are big enough where, yes, they do like those gate receipts, but at yes, the end of the for day, sure. their sponsorship comes through TV, right? That yeah. big TV deal. Yeah. So they can eat away at this a little bit. However, when you want to try to grow your salaries yeah. and your cap, your cap, your cap revenue will be affected if there's less 100%. people physically there. And we're seeing that with an NHL right now because yeah. they've, uh, they haven't raised it. In fact, it's a, it's a flat cap. So right now it's similar to what it was last year at $81.5 million. And that's detrimental uh, for some of these players. Um, but they understand. And yeah. the reason why I say it's detrimental is because we're going to see a lot of players move. Yes. Like we are less than a week away from the NHL draft. And then on top of that, we have NHL's free agency, which begins next a week from Friday. So you look at all these players, uh, even beforehand, before the draft, this coming up weekend, you're going to see a lot of player movement. We would yeah. be surprised that there are some big names that all of a sudden move elsewhere. Teams are looking for um, guys and looking to dump salary because it's going to be tough for them because they're going to be right up on the cap and they need to you know, kind of get rid of some funds and hopefully load up on draft picks. I think that's what's going to come down to ultimately. So, and to yeah, to have some money, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to eat that and, and cushion some of the blow. So it's very interesting to see what happens. It's unreal. And kind of getting back to your point, I think what's the, the idea now is to have those hub cities for a portion of the season start December 1st training camps are supposed to start around mid November. Yeah. And just before that teams have been given the option to do what they did, much like they had for this um, restart. So teams were like, okay, or the NHL was telling the teams, um, from this particular window, from the beginning of July, you are allowed to have players go into these arenas and train in individual groups of uh, of 12. 
right? Yeah. So you're allowed a max of 12, like 15 people in an arena or on the ice or whatever it was at a time. And, and then go from there. And that's what they're going to, exactly. And they're going to start doing that again in October mm-hmm. and then slowly move into actually having full team, you know, training camps by mid November and then try to get the league going by December 1st. That's the ideal, but there's no guarantee. And what's even crazier is the teams are going to be playing 82 games. Because they don't want to play less games because that might mean affect the yeah next yeah yeah and it's going to affect the uh, the ability to continue. Oh, we have a little bit of a freeze. Um, Moses is a little bit frozen here. Not too sure why, but I guess what he was trying to recap and uh, say. Oh, bro, is he back? That's, oh, there we go. He's, he's I got back. Yeah, you fr- I froze for a bit, but I was just uh, I was gonna fill in. I was. I was just saying, what he was saying was, yeah, so the cap's going to be flattened. So you motherfuckers need to work harder next season. Otherwise, you ain't going to get have like a, There's going like to be like a puppet Moses over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, just, I think there's one that looks like Lester Holt, and then you just put me in there. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> I might actually do that just because it's a, that's such a good idea. Um, yeah, so I think that's what's going to happen. No, I, but yeah, yeah. That's, what's, that's what's happening in the National Hockey League. It'll be interesting. I was just kind of wrapping up my point. Um, you're playing 82 games potentially start of December, but even then they might push that to January. So if you're playing 82 games from January, that's going to that be is going to be tough for a lot of players. Oh yeah, that's gonna so be it's going to be a, a, it's going to be very interesting to yeah. see strategically how these teams, how coaches will help their rosters, and if the NHL is going to provide a little bit of leeway of how many players you can carry um, onto a roster in the I, NHL. I would imagine just they so. might add two or three extra, you know? Well, you know what? No, probably even more. They might even mm-hmm. have like, uh, a, a, you know, you're allowed to carry 31 maybe. In like a they, squad. they did going yeah. into the bubble. So maybe you're like, you know what? Keep you'll it. have your, your squad there permanently. So you'll have players that can interchange or if something does happen where a player tests positive for COVID and the good news for the NHL is while they had the bubble, no one tested positive, and that's yeah. a big, big plus for them. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's great. No, I, I, and I can see that a lot of the other leagues are going to follow suit uh, and and get into the um, into that sort of zone of limiting the amount of uh, people on the squad, or at least in in arenas, right? Because oh, yeah. you kind of want to get a, as close to uh, what we had before than we uh, than the end of this season because this was good a contingency nonetheless but i agree with you like i'm excited to see what we can uh do moving forward so but now that we're let's transition here we also recently watched the end of the eastern and western conference playoffs moses we just saw the uh miami heat pull out you know all the stops coming with a team that looked like you know no one really saw them as anything much more than like a dark horse uh falling to the i saw them making it to the conference final man you did i didn't yeah i won't lie when we did our predictions i said they would they would beat indiana yes and they would beat milwaukee they would eventually lost to toronto yeah so i got that part wrong (laughs) but hey you know, uh, I, Miami, man, was one of those dark horses that I had. I had a feeling that would be pretty damn good. That might, that, that they were in the draw. Yeah. They were going to go deep. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, I didn't expect I didn't expect this. I agree to, yeah. to, to an extent. Like, I didn't see them in the finals, and I didn't see them playing this way, and I didn't think Tyler no. Hero at the age of 20 would be balling yeah. the way he did, man. Yeah, no, exactly that. So they definitely showed out this uh, postseason – um, they were pulling pulling up at least the for the last one at least uh, as a team 
25.9 assists a game, uh, 44.4 uh, rebounds. The pace at which they were running at, you know, they were ranked amongst the slower teams, but regardless of all that, individual performances by Bam Adebayo, like you had said, Tyler Hero himself, Robinson, and of course, J- Jimmy Butler. They all came together, and even in some a- aspects, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala really pulled up and showed his veteran status by putting in some clutch threes to change the uh, the tempo of the game. So, um, as a team, complete. You know, everyone has a really good role. They all understand what they're looking to do. Um, the 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 work ethic, I think, is going to be what's really going to show out for this postseason. Uh, I do see that they have. Uh, they have the depth, you know, um, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of guys who show that they are hungry to win the ball and they're hungry for whatever comes forth. But my concern is, you know, how hard are these guys going to play in that situation? Can they maintain this? Because you're looking at uh, a team of fairly young kids, you know, and that's not to say that they couldn't do it. The, 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 you know, David overthrows Goliath. Uh, and it happens, we see it time and time again. But this is a Goliath, we all know, this is a Goliath who's been to 10 NBA playoffs continuously. So this is not going to be that easy to, to take out. Um, but like I had said, yeah, I really do think coming into this postseason, we're going to see a lot more from, obviously, Jimmy Butler's doing his thing. Andre Iguodala is going to need to help out as well. Um, I expect to see a lot more on that front from him uh, because he knows, you know, what it's like to be in the playoffs. Uh, barring him, there's literally no one else who's been in the finals on that. I think ex- except him and Udonis are the only two players um, for Miami Heat who actually have recorded finals playoff minutes. So this is going to be a very interesting team and a very interesting setup. Moses, what is your take I think this is going to be a true battle, but it doesn't involve – well, it involves one player on the court, another one in the front office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I am. Uh, I was just missing <laughs> that a little bit. I was just like, what's going on? Oh, sorry. Uh, I sorry, will sorry, say sorry. this. Yeah. Uh, no, no worries. No worries. I was going to say one of the things that I think is going to be uh, an interesting matchup is not just a player on the court but one in the front office, and that is Pat Riley and LeBron James. And, of course, the I'm sure there's a respect there, but maybe a little bit of a hurt. It's like, a, you know, an X, mm-hmm. right? Like you just – you're not going to find anybody else better than me. You're not going to do well over there yeah. and what happens when you're, you're making a big mistake. And then LeBron, back in Cleveland, wins a chip. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of yeah. telling Pat Riley, hmm, hmm. Uh, hmm. yeah, they're hmm. doing pretty good over here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Had any issues? How, how, how many, how, how many <laughs> rings did you guys get? I left? <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know what? I pray for you. Yeah. Have a good one, right? Yeah. And I think what's, at, at the end of the day, it's it's now a true test for, for Pat Riley. This is an opportunity to say, you know what? My Miami Heat mm-hmm. can beat LeBron James. And... Lakers should be the obvious choice as the favorites, but I like the Heat's chances. And the yeah. reason why is I think how they play defense. And if you look at the times they've stymied the Celtics, it was usually with that 2-3 zone. They didn't really give those that easy penetration for 
the Celtics, which forced them to take a lot of threes. A lot when they made shots. them, it was great. Yeah. But there was a couple times where they struggled behind the arc, and there's going to be a, a time where they're going to be desperate. And when they're desperate, that's more of that two-three zone, and then they're going to really, really, really collapse uh, on the ball carrier and really frustrate the the opposition. Yeah. We saw their defense in the bubble. It it, it steadily. You know, let's say it's been good, but like, I mean, you, you're seeing the fruits of it and why this team is having success. And then you talk about the rim protection up front. Uh, how will yeah. Adebayo match up with Anthony Davis? How is that going to work? Because we know LeBron is going to do his thing. Yeah. The thing, but you're going to have to stop one of the two. And when you look at the versatility and the challenges that come forth when you're taking on Anthony Davis, it's going to be interesting to see how that defense is going to work is that two, three going to be good? Cause generally they like to play man to man. But if you do that, you know, you're going to get burned as, yeah. as good defensively as they are. They won't be able to handle going one that on one with at LeBron, that tempo. Going one-on-one ISO with, with Anthony Davis. That's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. So yeah. I want to know how the rim protection is going to be. Will they continue to play that two, three zone? And will that have success against the Lakers, uh, a team that likes to transition? And like you mentioned it too, and we're bang on that. This is a team that, doesn't necessarily play that up and down tempo, right? No, they, they, they ranked as one of the slower you know, teams, the bottom so, teams. Yeah, in the pace. Bubble. Yeah, absolutely. But that's when their defense comes to shine, right? Yeah, they don't. That's how they work. They like the half court set, and Spolstra is very good at designing plays that gets his guy separation. And we looked at that and the success that we're seeing with Tyler Hero, the extreme confidence to to shoot those shots when needed. And then you look at Jimmy Butler, of course, there's no contest. And you mentioned Andre Iguodala providing some of that some of that uh, veteran presence. And which is funny because I remembered years ago listening to Max Kellerman on ESPN, and he was talking about, you know, if you had the choice, and this is when Iguodala was still with the, the Warriors. Yeah. Games on the line, you know, aliens are coming down to invade. <laughs> yeah. Death they, race pointing at us, and the only thing that was going to stop us or, you know. Someone has to make it. Save us is if makes a big three-point shot, and he went with Iguodala over Curry. Now, he got mocked, ridi- you know, ridiculed immensely. For sure. On social For media. Sure. But the thing is, yeah. in this situation, yes. and when you looked at what he did. Yes. That he you know, showed up. Maybe showed Iggy's up. the guy that you want to do, want to have in those clutch situ- situations. So I really, really like the Heat keeping this close. I don't know if they're going to win this series, mm-hmm. but uh, it should be interesting to see how that offense for the Lakers matches up with the defense of the Heat. Yeah, and then of course we got to quickly uh, we got to transition to actually seeing what uh, the guys on the other side look like. Um, so yeah, we got, uh, big, big news because on the other side, post, I guess, Denver Nuggets, this is not even, um, something to do with the, the Lakers themselves, but what, what Jamal Murray had wrought, you know, him and, and the Joker, they, uh, put together a plan and that plan was to see a good man out on the streets, Moses, uh, one Doc Rivers, seven years down. And uh, it seems like he's out the he's out the system. Doc Rivers is looking for a job, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you have any uh, leads, you know any place that is hiring, he's definitely open. He's gonna be in the UB40 line very soon. I I guess it's not even called that, but some you know what I mean. But Doc Rivers has been relieved of his duties. This is a very controversial um, 
thing to happen because of of course we all know him being there is what allowed a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George to even show up for that team. Uh, they wanted to play for him. Uh, that was verbatim what both Kawhi and Paul George made apparent to their agents and even to, you know, uh, Balmer. Uh, that, yes, they are willing to come to the Clippers. Obviously, the, the, the money had to be in tow, but it was specific to Doc Rivers. Now, hearing that Doc Rivers has been released um, means that they were, they had to have been um, referred to or at least um, given, I guess, the go-ahead. And um, that, that, that poses a very interesting question, uh, Moses. What do you think on this? Uh, do you think uh, Kawhi Lennon and Paul George really knew what they wanted going into the bubble? Did they believe that Doc Rivers was the answer? Um, or do they? is this more so a lack of taking responsibility, the onus for what happened? I think there's a combination of things that we have to look at. And remember, Doc Rivers was there before Kawhi and Paul George. And what did he do? He got the team within a game of a conference final before. Lots of second round exits, first round exits. But his ultimate job was to do what he did in Boston in 2008, mm-hmm. win them a chip. He brought mm-hmm. the team to respectability. You know, the Clippers was known as a franchise where players went to die. Remember? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You couldn't make the Lakers. At least you're on the Clippers. So you still get to in California, LA. but, mm-hmm. and you're collecting a paycheck. Yeah. Right. So it was a place where careers and players went to, went out to pasture. For it sure. It was not a place that, in you know, that where you thought this is a winning culture. No. And going into those years, the early years in the, the 2010s, Lob City. all of a sudden you started seeing this team develop. We were drafting Blake Griffin with a lot of, who came in with a lot of hype. Then you brought and in DeAndre, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, right? DeAndre and Jordan, then you saw the, the team. Yeah. You saw the team develop into one that was very exciting to watch. But at the end of the day, his job is to do what? Not putting an exciting team on the floor, but to win a championship. And in the end, he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Is it his fault? Well, you might say in certain game situations it's interesting, but I think when you look at it at the end of the day, you know, his, his time there ran its course. Uh, he did a fantastic job in, in the time while he was there, but in the end, it just didn't work out. And that's the part of sports. When you can't fire a team because you're not going to see them get rid of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or both, so the next person's head on the chopping block is going to be the head coach. And then after that, it's going to be the general manager. So in cases like this, you got to say, okay, what can we do? What, what hasn't changed in our success, right? So since 2013 to 2020, what has changed or what hasn't changed? And then you try to change them. And in this case, what's the easiest solution? Firing your head coach. So it's just a matter of time. Not saying he's a bad coach, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's coaching next season with another team. And I know there's been links to Philadelphia, and I think he'd be a good fit there because he can provide a structure, and he is a very good coach. Yes. Uh, the thing is – it just his his time ran its course. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of bringing another guy. And I think that's the biggest thing. And who do you bring? Do you bring in another player, a former player? And I think you do. If you can bring in a guy that can come in, much like a Jason Kidd, um, with the, the credibility, you know, up there for a coach, or maybe perhaps Tyron Luke. Yeah. Uh, so you know, does does he kind of fit that belly? He came in as an assistant to help the team, and you know, I he could be that heir apparent. Because those two uh, have had success. 
um, when it came to the court, you know, as players. One was more of a role player, and, and, and obviously the other one was a superstar, Jason Kidd I'm talking about, was a superstar. <laughs> and then Tyron as coaches, yeah. they did pretty good. Like, yeah. you know, as much as we can, you know, people kind of joked around, Tyron Lue didn't really coach the – the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers coached the Tyron Lewis. Yeah, LeBron coached the team. Yeah, yeah exactly. LeBron coached the team. And, uh, yeah. I, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, Ty Lue is a NBA champion coach, and yeah. you know has has shown, um, you know, that's why he's gotten assistant jobs too. That he, he can be a coach in the NBA. Now he'll get another shot, and we'll see what he can do uh, without the likes of LeBron James. But at the end of the day, it's you know, it's it's just Time ran its course. Doc Rivers is a good coach. He's going to find employment for the next season. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I agree. Uh, I think this definitely throws more into it because the 76ers were looking at Mike D'Antoni as their first choice, which we can all agree is one of the worst things you could ever do to a team. Put Mike D'Antoni on it. Uh, because Offensively, you'd be amazing. Offensively. <laughs> yeah. But you're dealing with two players who know how to defend, actually. That's the thing. Um, and then you're basically asking them to give that up, and you want Joel Embiid to shoot 45% from three um, and only stay at the top of the key. I, I don't know how it would even work, uh, but it you know that's how it is. It's either a three or you're uh, you're going up for a uh, for a layup. If it's if any mid-range shot leaves your hand, you're sitting on the bench. Uh, and I think that's the only thing Ben Simmons knows how to do. So I don't think that's going to work. Uh, I agree. Tyron Lue or Doc Rivers would probably be a better fit for this squad. Um, I hope that he does get that. Or at least, yeah, Doc Rivers is approached for that position. Because I think he could do a very big... Uh, he could make He could make a very big difference to Joel Embiid. I think he would be an incredible coach for them. And yeah, he could take at least their um, their skill set to the next level. What it means for what happened in his time, I think the problem was the quite literally the Denver Nuggets. It was if the Denver Nuggets were seen as um, a team that could come back from the Lakers after that after going down 3-1. I, Doc Rivers, I think, would still have his job. Uh, it was contingent on whether or not it was a fluke because, you know, sometimes you, you just don't realize that whilst you are prepping and you're getting ready, there are other dark horses such as the Denver Nuggets who are also, you know, the stars are aligning for them as well. So going and doing that to Utah, um, it you know, you could say, okay, well, they're pretty evenly matched. Now, doing it to... The Clippers, after the Clippers had 20-point leads in more than one game in that series and capitulating, uh, it seemed as though either they weren't really set for the job or they just didn't realize they were in the... They were towing... They were being towed in the wave of what Denver was, that maybe Denver was coming for a championship season that no one could see coming. And it was much like Toronto Raptors... Being on the wave of Toronto Raptors, who... Uh, you know, I don't think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons knew that they were going to be a part of history, but on the worst, on the side of history that you don't want to be on, where, you know, you're just sitting there realizing that, wow, this team you've never seen make the playoffs or at least finals ever before just is sweeping up everything. Um, so because that Denver 
you know, made it to the final, the Western Conference final, played against LeBron, and LeBron made sure that there was no chance, squished that 3-1, gave them no hope, closed the game, as you should if you're a superstar. If you are up 3-1, you close the series. Um, It said one of two things. And and like you said, just exactly like you're saying, Moses, the coach has to go. But not because I think the coach has really done anything wrong. Because, yes, he did sort of leave them out there for, especially the last game. Left them out there the last 20, 30 minutes. Didn't really change any formation. And he just let Denver, you know, steamroll them. But let's not all forget. It takes the leader in the team to, to squash the game. You The... The, your guys have to go out there and squash the game. The coach can't do it. The coach can only tell you where to set yourself and how to read the game. You have to be there to do the squashing yourself. And I think the reality is, for as much as Steve Ballmer hates it, and I think it was even more painful for him to even part ways with Doc because he sees Doc as a pretty good coach, a very good coach, honestly, a coach that's actually won a championship before, uh, you know, with a super team. But you can't fire Kawhi Leonard and you cannot fire Paul George. You should fire Paul George. You really should, but you, you can't, you know, it's just, there's just, there was too much money in it. He's the face of a franchise uh, and you want to get something out of that investment. But Paul George is the problem. Um, and I think had he had the opportunity to do it, he would have fired Paul George instead of Doc Rivers because I think that's probably where the real issue is. And maybe even Pat Beverly, maybe even, you know, I think, <sighs> Pat, listen, man, you're great, but you talk so much. And I mean, you know, I hope you're enjoying Cabo because that's where you and Paul George are supposed to be right now. You know, I, so uh, they had it booked. They just needed to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them in Portland, all, all hanging out together. You know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but then now to switch, uh, I also wanted to go across the pond here. So in the Premier League, again, we were talking about it a little earlier. There has been the last two, three weeks of the Premier League have been pretty interesting, Moses. So uh, we've had big, big uh, upsets by the the big teams here um we got the guys at uh, the good guys at Manchester United the good guys at Chelsea the good guys at Man City all having issues with their starting lineups with injuries but then more so just with keeping the ball out of their nets so you know we're getting to the point where we're seeing big spending on all fronts man united spending over 200 million pounds uh, you know, Liverpool spent quite a bit as well, but not too much. Arsenal spent in excess of like 80 to 90 million pounds. Man City literally spent like 600 million on defenders only um, since 2016. Chelsea as well, hovering around a 300 million uh, pound budget. But Moses, what we're starting to see here is a something that makes no sense to me. Because for all that want and desire and all that money being, these monies being spent for these big players and these big contracts um, to play these huge roles for these big teams, these teams are failing. They are falling apart. They are faltering at the seams. 
Uh, we watched uh, Man City, like I'd said, who had spent over 600 million pounds from 2016 till now on defenders alone. Let Leicester score five goals on them. Uh, not those kits. It's the it's the kit. It's the kit. It's the kit. It's the kit. I follow the Deanne Sanders method. (laughs) You look good. You play good. You You, play good. You feel good. You look good. Or you feel good. You play good. Yeah, exactly. 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 I had the shirt. I should have wore that instead. You should have wore that. And then see this with the bandana on top. Video with the bandana on on as well. You know, just and then the chain. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You pay. uh, Play good. You, they. Pay you get paid. Yeah, no, you got it. You it took got me it. Forever to get that. You no, got I got it. it right. It just took forever. <laughs> but yes, uh, with that, you know, we're looking at teams now. Um, you know, Chelsea having gone down by three goals in most the majority of their match to a because of those kits again. Because of the kits going down to West Brom Albion, who are already at this point looking like they're destined for relegation. They've never been a team, really, that anyone has classed as worthy of staying in the Premier League. They they win by by proxy of being second every time in the uh, championship, and um, you know, automatically the parachute money comes in handy. The parachute money does come in handy. They can make a few improvements here and there, but you know, the issue here is for all these young talents that Chelsea have put together. There's an issue with how they decide to form the team, right? They, you have Thiago, who came in as a sprightling 38-year-old man from PSG, who they thought he was going to retire, but instead he decided to play first-team football for Chelsea, and then was given the captaincy armband upon his first cap for Chelsea. Moses, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Thiago Silva is not good at English. And uh, he was given the award for, you know, I mean, not the award, at least he was given the armband just by proxy of being, I don't know, Thiago Silva. Uh, No communication. As you start to see that, you know, you realize this is why they went three, three, they went three down up in the first uh, first half to the end of the game. Uh, and then now, even to combat that, then we have Man United. I'm sure you guys are all going to say Man United are coming back. They have a chance. They they spent so much money. Ollie knows what he's doing. He's at the wheel. Ollie doesn't know what he's doing. Crystal Palace took you guys to task. Luis Zaha, who only scored four goals last season, like train wrecked you guys. You know, and that's with a Roy Hodgson, who's the oldest coach in the league, as their coach. So, Moses, I say all that to say this. I believe there's a changing of the guard. You know, uh, the top flight teams, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, you know, even Arsenal. We've had our chances. We've been at the top. We've smelt the roses. We've been in the, 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 the hanging garden, you know. Eden has, our, has been our refuge for many years, since the inception of the Premier League. But, alas... I think our time is up. I think our time is up, Moses. Teams like Everton, teams like Crystal Palace, teams like Wolves, teams like Leicester are showing forth that even with the amount of money that you spend, it is not going to work. This is a league that takes more than just that. It is the most competitive league, I believe, in, in the world right now. 
But the competition we thought end stopped started and ended with how much money you spend. But clearly, we are seeing a different story. Uh, so to that, I want to ask and I want to pose the question rather to you and then to everyone else listening and watching. Do you think it is time for the big four to take steps back and accept their roles as mid-table teams and allow the new spat of mid-table teams, teams that have been showing that they have the ability to do so, to come forth and show their wear? Moses, what's your take? I agree with you to a certain extent. Okay. I say there is a change in the guard, but I think it's ever-changing in the system that we have now, Mm -hmm. where you have, you know, business owners, oligarchs, uh, those who, you know, who, who, you know, have billions invest in football clubs and finding that next team to do so. We saw that with Leicester City. You know, we saw that with Manchester City for sure over the last, you know, decade and a half or so. Uh, and uh, at least a little just around the decade, uh, seeing this team uh, evolve when they're just like, shoot, we got all this money. Let's just spend it on Rubinho. Perfect. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you started seeing them putting into the coaches. Uh, this is a team that slowly crept into the top four, ended up winning, you know, a few Premier League titles. And, you know, their ultimate goal is to go win a Champions League. So they're, they're trying to build for that type of success. But in the, at the end of the day, it, it's all cyclical. It's, there's ebbs and flows. We're going to find teams like the Leicesters of the world, right? We, we will find teams that will come out of the blue and be good for a certain stretch. But at the end of the day, they, they'll kind of simmer, you know, kind of fall back. Some will get relegated. You know, some will have hard times trying to come back. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to have that. There's going to be teams that are going to surprise you. That happens, you know, every couple of years. We've seen it in every league. La Liga was a good example of that. You saw that in the Bundesliga, you know, a couple of times um, where teams were, that came out of, you know, got promoted to the top flight, all of a sudden win the league, right? Like it, it's happened before. And then you look at, um, you know, what we're seeing in the Premier League right now. It's just ebbs and flows. It's like Arsenal. Arsenal was kind of in the wilderness for quite some time. It's yeah. been, frankly, it was the, the end towards... Uh, Arsene Banger's time there where things got a little depleted. Yes. You know, academy wise. And we're starting to see the team start building up again. Yes. And slowly finding, you know, some kind of footing with Mikel Arteta and what he's done in his time there and in how they are looking. And, you know, do I see them contenders? Not now. They could be in a few years, but at least they're fighting for a top four spot in Champions League football. We saw this with Liverpool for a certain stretch where they kind of looked like they were in the wilderness. And yes. then all of a sudden, Brendan Rodgers came in. They did have some success, uh, short success there. Um, but we're starting to see all, all that, that major success uh, coming in with a guy like Jurgen Klopp. And then you look at some of the other teams. Manchester United are kind of in the wilderness right now, but will they find their footing and will this be the guy like, you know, it's it's hard to follow up in a guy's shoes like Sir Arsene Banger, not Arsene, Sir Arsene Banger, Sir <laughs> Alex, Alex Ferguson. Ferguson yeah. Excuse me. Uh, and when you look at what he did in his time, those are big shoes to fill. So anybody filling those shoes in in Man U, at Man U, is it's going to be tough. It's it's you're you're it's an uphill battle. So yeah. I think they're slowly moving away from that that shadow and you're starting to see someone emerge it was going to take some time because i would have not if i was david moyes back then when 
you know, Ferguson retired and he got the job, I would have been like hell to the no <laughs> because the expectation is so gross. Even the like the littlest thing that you do wrong is going to be magnified 20 times because you're like, well, f- you know, Sir Alex wouldn't do that. No. You know, oh, look at yeah. this team. We've already we drew two. We, we lost. It's like we lost to who? You yeah. know, nowadays, you In know, comparison. there's low expectation. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen. I just kind of kind of wrapping it up in a bow. There's ebbs and flows. At the end of the day, you're still going to see Chelsea up there. You're still going to see Arsenal up there. You're still going to see Man U up there. Um, you know, Man City's kind of, you know, sustained more long-term growth because of the money. Yeah. And then Liverpool is going to be up there. It For goes, sure. I think five teams will never change. Will the other teams change? Yeah. Will we see Tottenham emerge? Sure, every once in a while. Will we see Leicester <laughs> right now? Uh, that's they a will. joke. Everton might have a, you know, Edmonton was always, uh, Everton, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I almost said Edmonton. Uh, Everton has been a team that has, you know, has been known to to really give fits for some of those big clubs and fight for a European spot. Right? They were yes. usually in the top six. They kind of been, um, you know, a little. They wave it. They wave it. But they they've been but, in Europa. But te- yeah, but they're always in there. So it really comes down to just how team, like how the the seasons go, and yeah, and and how the uh, how things just kind of emerge. At yeah. the end of the day, I don't see anything that is different. You might find those new teams, that shiny new toy that's all of a sudden, hey, this is cool, they're awesome, and then you kind of galvanize and root for the underdog, kind of we did for Leicester City a couple of years back when they won the Premier League title, but. I just don't see this as uh, a problem for the back uh, for the uh, top four that is um, that we've seen time and time again. They're not going to be teams that all of a sudden we're going to see relegated. Yes. There, there's no situation where we're going to see you know a team that wins the Premier League title in a few years or out. We're not going to see a Blackburn. You know, we're, no, we're not gonna we see, won't see a Blackburn. You know, we're not going to see uh, a team emerge like well, you know, in in the, in the sense that with such rich history like. You comparative to the, the like I mentioned, like the big four or five. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see them going no, anywhere. So we won't. no, the, the, okay. You might say the competition's gotten better because players around the world are going to these clubs. They they got scouts everywhere, so you sometimes find that diamond in the rough that comes in and all of a sudden, you know, performs. Like you saw, Mo Salah was a guy that no really flew under the radar. Had Much meh, of the time in Chelsea, yeah, with Chelsea, yeah. You know, did pretty well with AS Roma. Yeah, and then, but then came, really uh, flourished back to the Premier League. Yeah, and then but in a system with Jurgen Klopp and what they have in terms of their trident with Firmino and and um, Mane, uh, Sadio yeah. Mane. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it just sh- it shows that they've kind of emerged and they, they they have this cohesiveness. But there's a lot of factors that go into it. But a, a long way, like long form, uh, to kind of get her to your question, your to answer your question. No, this is this is cyclical. Thing. It's <laughs> cyclical. cyclical. All right. Yeah, All you're right. gonna have those teams are gonna have some flows, but the top four or five are always gonna be in the in the mix. Okay. Yeah, and 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 so to credit that, I will say, it it has been since the inception of the Premier League very it is it has been cyclical, uh, because you know as of you know as of last year, only seven teams have actually ever won the Premier League, the modern day Premier League. There was the uh, English League One title, and that was before the Premier League was created. Um, plenty of teams have won that. Arsenal have won that many a times. Liverpool have won that many times. Man United, a uh, whole bunch of teams. But of the modern day Premier League, only the seven. Liverpool being recently, well done, you guys finally did it. Um, but yes, you know of and like of the teams that have won it. The only one who, like we had just mentioned, who isn't even in the league right now is Blackburn Rovers. 
they've won it once. Arsenal three, Chelsea five, Man United 13, Man City four times, Leicester one, and of course Liverpool one. So that does say a lot, though. Of the 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 league itself does not allow for many teams to to ascend to the top. You know, man's. Well, it's, it's the history, though. It's the I history think that's what of it. it is. Yeah, but there's it, a lot of history. Not saying there isn't with these clubs. Like I think it was a, what the, what is Leicester? Like it took them 127 years to get to the top flight. Yes. It's not like they don't, but I mean, when it comes to rich history, popularity across the globe, people know Liverpool. People did not know, you know, Leicester City. Yeah. That was not a name that was rolling off people's not tongues impressed. The, from the area, not right? Impressed. Or had a player yeah. from your from your neighborhood or yeah. your country that played for Leicester. Jimmy Vardy! You're like, who the hell is this guy? And he yeah, can't exactly. stop scoring. Bursts onto the scene. And yeah, man, he's, he's proven to be one of the best goal coaches. Exactly. Goal, wow, goal post. I'm going to say it here. Uh, and I'm going to say it here so everyone you think can he's, hear he's it done anything Max. else? Like, like I, I mean, like, he's great in the box. But like, yeah. I think he's better like, than... What, run a play? Like, is he, is he is yeah. that great? I think. What? I think he's better than Harry Kane. I think he should no. be a better. I think he should. <laughs> Who is it in your mind? He's for Tottenham. <laughs> if he left Tottenham, you'd been saying you'd be singing a he different shit. tune. He shit. He knows it. And Our I hope supporters. Yeah, and I hope everyone who's gotten a chance to watch the um, Amazon Prime All or um, All or Nothing for Tottenham Hotspur, it's so good. It's so good. I love the implosion. It's the Romino. Oh, oh, I mean the. Uh, it's the, the uh, yeah. Mourinho, Mourinho show. Mourinho show. Names up oh, here now. It's so good. It's so good. I think there's something special in my protein shake. Oh, the special one may have put it in. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a no. I'm the special one, Moses. Yeah, the special one. Moses. something into yeah, exactly. So we will see. He is someone who is able to win trophies as well. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, well, that's what I'm. I'm. I'm kind of interested in to see if Tottenham is will... he. I don't know, man. With that team and like the way the I... league is going, like the league is much more offensive now than it was, right? So that pragmatic approach. I know to a certain extent, but if if you have the players, hey, man. he does not have the players. Listen. Not. I know, but I, he's won. He's won a trophy at Inter Milan. He's won a trophy at Porto. He's won a trophy. He won three trophies at Inter. He won the treble. Exactly, but I'm. But you know what I'm saying. Like the 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 thing is, every team he's been to, he's won something. He won Europa right. League and got the, and uh, for Man United and got them back into Champions League. He didn't win them the league, but he did win them a trophy. Uh, and it counts for something. And Tottenham... Well, whatever. He wins Tottenham the League Cup. You'll be fine. Oh, you mean the FA Cup? The League Cup. Oh, the League Cup? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I was like, he's yeah. not going to win them the League Cup. So I was... That's why I'm... No, no, he's not winning... Me. Yeah, he's not yeah, winning the Premiership. Not, they're not winning the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, not going to so win... I don't know Car- if they're going to win a European trophy. So maybe but they Car- will... I think they, they have a chance to win a, a League Cup. And there's his trophy. No, but my president... Um, I mean, my uh, my coach has jet black hair. And he uh, he's coming for that cup. He's coming for a Carabao Cup. He's coming for the FA Cup. We're going to do a double this season. We're gonna do an easy double FA Cup, Carabao Cup. Yeah, you got the you got the Community Shield to start with. Yeah. <laughs> no one takes that seriously. Not even you guys <laughs> took that seriously. You just basically handed that to us. The, the it's game like a look on, at the draw. Just like you're like, all right, yeah. just close your eyes, yeah. clop, and just pick who you want. Yeah, the game on Monday. Now that was that was payback. <laughs> That's what that was for you guys. You're like, oh, you guys think you're so cool with your little Community Shield, huh? Yeah. <laughs> three yeah give him a one nil lead and then be yeah. like oh, all right watch uh, us jeez first of all 
listen, if you watch the highlights, you'll see that there was a uh, handball. Uh, um, Diogo, uh, Jogo, whatever the new kid is on the block for you guys, is decent, really quick, uh, attack-minded, but he definitely came off here, came off here. And then he, like, laid it down and then took the shot. And everyone was like, okay, all right. Shoulder. Yeah! VAR, you guys, you know what you guys are doing. You're messing (laughs) up. This thing. Yeah, come on, guys. VAR is a lie, man. Okay, and then finally, uh, now that we're just talking about things in shambles, uh, I quickly wanted to go over what my my next rant is. The NFC East, I believe the whole... Just grab the whole thing, Moses. The whole NFL, NFC East conference is a waste of time and it's a waste of sporting talent and it's a waste of everyone's uh, viewing time. People want to turn on the, the TV and turn on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or Thursday Night Football, Moses, to watch their teams play, right? But they want to watch their teams play good football, like competitive, with with with... With them feeling a sense of accomplishment regardless of whether they won or not, right? That's why you support a team. You feel like you're going in there supporting a team saying, I watched a good game. I got a lot. You know, I was thoroughly entertained. The players I like to watch and see did as played as well as they could, you know, showed sportsmanship, you know, a whole bunch of these things. That's why you get into sports. That's why you enjoy watching it. And none of those teams... Are in the NFC East. None of those things, sorry, are in any of those teams in the NFC East. The New York Giants, garbage. Philadelphia Eagles, garbage. Cowboys, lol. I mean, I don't even, you know. Okay. Uh, what? Who else? What? The Washington football, football team. team. Ah, the best one. They're the best right now. I think they have the best record. They're um, one and two. They're tied with the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, just Cowboys listen will go that. one and three just, when they lose listen. to the Browns. <laughs> oh, laugh- why are you laughing? Oh. I don't know why you're laughing. You're saying the Browns are going to go. The Browns are going to go three and one. You're saying Brown? Okay, listen. First of all, guys, let's. Go. Uh, I'm sorry, but when you have like a you know a, one of the best rushing attacks, yeah, in the the NFL okay. against the 31st you know rushing defense, yes, that that says something. And if the the Cowboys, who are prone to be giving up huge leads, huge, all of a sudden give a huge lead to the uh, to the Browns, mm-hmm. they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna yeah. give it to Hunt. They're gonna give it to Nick Chubb, and they're going to eat up like nine minutes of the play clock. And it's gonna give very little time for Dak Prescott to do anything to come back. You know, it's not the Atlanta Falcons here. We don't no. give huge leads in the ball. So uh, this, listen, the fine. Atlanta Falcons was more like let's just watch a ball uh let's just look at this ball on the ground and then let's just watch a dallas cowboy jump on it oh touchdown you're like what do you what guys what this is not a game of football do you not know what you're you're a special team what's your job your job is to make sure that doesn't happen so i agree you know uh the cowboys got that win um, they are obviously going to. They are obviously going to capitulate. I was more so laughing at the confidence with which you were saying that statement, Moses. Because if we looked back, maybe even what two years? I've known you for a while now, two three years. If we were having the same conversation about Cowboys versus Browns, I don't know if you're you would be saying no because yeah. we were trash. <laughs> yeah. But 
the thing is, they're not trash anymore. <laughs> they have a good team on paper. Yeah, no, like they legit, and they have one of the greatest pass rush. Oh, one of the greatest, but like soon, I think will become. He's still young, and Miles Garrett. Yeah. Oh, for you know, Miles sure. Garrett Miles Garrett is changed is an the way he played, and the way he plays the game too is amazing because he's not playing there to like headhunt. He's not there to no. kill the quarterback. He's no. like, I'm there to get the ball. Yeah. And you saw he had two strip sacks, and he had three so far this season. Yes. In those three games. Yeah. So, yeah. He's been instrumental when he when he plays. So I got no issue with that whatsoever. But going back to your your point with the NFC East, I describe it this way, and it probably is a good way to to kind of sum up that division. The, the NFC East is like our year 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just miserable and we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I think that's what we're waiting for. They're, 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 everyone's just like, let's get this, you know, let's get this year over with. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. They're like, how many, it's like how many months in 2020? We got yes. 14. What, we what's going on? Because it just seems like everything this. is dragging on um, yes. with the pandemic um, you know, with what, what's going on with the, the tensions uh, amongst, you know, the, the you talk about racial divide, um, you know, whatever ethnic group or even uh, when you talk about sex. Right. Like it's just a very tentious time. Everything. And that's the NFC East. It's just freaking miserable. Like the it. NFC East is the year 2020. Yeah. The and NFC and East. if you want to watch terrible football, watch any of those teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like oh we got what we got a great NFC we got a great NFC click NFC East no click I'm it's, going I'm going somewhere else it's just, I'll watch yeah. Red Zone so they can give me at least some updates of what's going on <laughs> oh there was a touchdown oh congratulations oh you're telling me the Eagles actually went to win a game instead of go for a tie against the the Cincinnati Bengals oh okay oh yeah. what do you mean Carson Wentz is getting booed again by nobody in the stands and those cardboard uh, cutouts yeah totally fine 2020 yes. can be wrapped up. By the NFC East. That's yep. what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's how I would describe that division. I listen. I'm not gonna. I won't. I won't fault you on that. And uh, to further that, you know, I was gonna say you have the. You know, three. Three of these teams have three of the biggest uh, fan markets in the country. You know, or in the in the league with New York, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Those are huge markets. Um, and to have to have. To watch those teams play so poorly, it has me thinking, you know, um, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has just recently purchased the XFL, and I'm sure he'd want to do a bit of business with the NFL, maybe get a little bit out of it, you know, maybe he instead trades some teams. You know, for some da- for 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 N- NFC East teams, so you'd have give to give me promotion and relegation. That's Come on, need. come on! Let's have the XFL right below. And if you if your division is trash, if your whole division is trash, Moses, next see you in Just two years. See you in two years. You gotta play. You gotta play to keep your spot. And listen, the XFL will be there to collect. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the gatekeeper of purgatory. And, you know, you enter, you know, a Washington uh, football club team member and you never leave because I doubt they would ever be able to (laughs) figure out how to get back into the NFL. But the Giants, get out of it. Get them out of here. Take the Jets with you, first of all. You know, because I don't even. <laughs> yeah, everything in New York is just, just turning to crap, man. Get it out, man. What's going on? And then Go you look away. At, you look at the Knicks as well. Oh, take the. Guys, listen. New York. At least they got. 
At least they got the Red Bull and the NYFC. New York is dead. NYCFC. New York is dead, man. New York is, The state of New York needs to do a, a rebranding of which we've never seen before. Every every team. Maybe the Yankees are holding true. Okay, you know, yeah, the Yankees are the doing, Rangers, the Yankees are doing their share. The Rangers, Rangers I'm sure, are, are pretty starting decent. To emerge. They yeah. are starting to emerge. Outside of that, the rest of the teams just got a, I don't know what's going on, but you guys suck balls. So they're they're weighing they're weighing down the rest of these sports franchises. No, in that city. I no completely. I could and for the amount of the amount of revenue potential that you have in that state alone, it's ridiculous that those teams aren't able to produce at least something worth watching. You know, you their seasons are going to be so short. You're only watching what eight games with them, guaranteed. You're never going to watch. You don't. You know, as a New York Giants fan. There's no need for you to buy any postseason tickets. You're not going to see a conference final. You're not going to see even a wild card game. Maybe you will, but you know it's not going to go your way because you're only in that game by proxy of the rest of your conference being that garbage that you get a, you get a chance at showing the other conferences why you're so garbage. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I think a team that wins seven games, that's your goal. Yes. If you're any of those teams, you just need to get seven. And you know what? I think it's so bad because you got to play each other, right? Yes. Like, that's the idea. like, So you're going to have to go head-to-head, and I think that's where you're going to start seeing eventually a winner. I think yes. you're going to see a team win seven games to make the playoffs. It might even be crazy enough to say, you know what? You just need to win six. <laughs> now you're being kind. And even then, Moses, I don't <laughs> think these guys could actually bring it together. This is We're talking about a really, really poor conference class there. And they have not really... But can we talk about a good division? Oh, the yeah. AFC North. Oh, here we go. AFC North is really competitive. Da, 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 da. You guys yeah. are going to make it. But you know you oh, have... We'll see. Yeah, you'll have... Like, to it's going to be... It will be Ravens, they have, uh, seven, I think seven teams now can make the playoffs. Yes, yeah. And each... So you have that extra you wild card spot. Extra, so that's yeah. doable. That is You look doable. at it, right? So, like, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, those guys are going to be Super Bowl Guaranteed. favorites, contenders for Guaranteed. sure. There's no yeah. reason why you wouldn't want to put them up there. It's no. going to be... Mm-hmm. Cause they're, they're, they're right up there when it comes to the upper echelon in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Um, you so, know, I can't deny that. And the Browns are a team that is emerging. Uh, for and sure. you look at outside of the Cleveland, outside of the Cincinnati Bengals, I think every team, like those three teams, are very have, decent. Two of them have a legitimate shot at yes. uh, at going to going far in the AFC and yeah. potentially a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and then I, the Browns have a shot of actually going to the playoffs, and who knows, man, make some noise, and you could get a playoff round for sure. So, for sure, I'm in that. I'm in that boat. I for think sure. that's one of the toughest divisions in in football right now. I agree. Next to uh, what we're seeing with. Although the uh, the start hasn't been too great, well, the start was good, but they've faltered in terms of uh, the Saints. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have picked it up a little bit, of yeah. course. The Saints, yeah. Carolina's, you know, got their first win. So yeah, you never know what happens with them and Teddy Bridgewater. You know, they they could pull up a, a few wins against their own division and make things interesting. And it, well, Atlanta's Atlanta. So <laughs> I'm referring to the oh, other man, there. man. Man, Matt Ryan, man, I don't back know. to back games where oh, well, you can't blame Matt Ryan. Yeah, but I, well, I kind of can't blame him for like, the defense. Like, I, come yeah, on. it's like, not his well, fault. Again, like, but it's it's for more more so. It's like the idea that if this is if you, it's still your team, it's still your team. You got to be able to make these these points, you know, before a season even begins. Like we are not, they are not good enough 
to even play against the 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 Atlanta team that was making the play. The, if they played against themselves, the team they drafted for the playoffs, right, for the Super Bowl that they lost, right, that they were that they had incredible attacking options. Their defense was ranked one of the best, and going into that Super Bowl, ranked better than uh, the. Patriots, right? So it was assumed that it was going to be a, you know, obviously easiest pie. But I think the crack, that must have been the first showing of the cracks of whatever this defense or lack thereof is because they capitulated then. They, they just let those points go and let Tom Brady come back. And ever since then, they've literally been on a slow decline. And to get to that peak, Miss it, and it is expected at least the following year you're going to show, you know, you're going to make the adjustments because you made it to the final. You just need to make the adjustments, work on improving where you were before. You still had incredible attacking options. You had Julio Jones. You had Matt Ryan who could throw like with his eyes closed as well. Guy was in his prime. Now we're looking at a team that is going to have to you know, start from scratch. If they, if they, as they eventually will bail out of this season, they're going to have to blow everything up. And I, you know, with the flat cap as well, it's probably going to make for an interesting free agent season and as well as, you know, as contracts are being expired. But the, the Atlanta Hawk, the Atlanta Falcons, sorry, that we were expecting to see within the next five years make it, get a Super Bowl, are never going to ever reach it. Like the the showing has just been ridiculous, man. And I after watching them like lose to the Cowboys in that way in that manner showed me just that they don't. I don't know if it's the coaching or if it's from the top down, but it's as if there's less of a of a want to even get close to where they were. Like two, what was it? Just two years ago, was it not that they were in the Super Bowl? And not three years ago. Three and not was it three? It was three. Yeah, 2017. Now they're playing like they're in the NFC East. So I don't know what's going on. These guys are playing, you know, like they don't care. You guys got a brand new stadium. It's shiny and spiffy. I'm so jealous. And now look at what he's... I wish Mercedes-Benz sponsored me. But I guess, you know. Yeah, it was three uh, Super Bowls ago. Yeah, we can't all have it. Four Super Bowls ago. Yeah, they're the fake Mercedes-Benz, the real ones in, in New Orleans. That's what I've come to realize. You know, they're imposters. The real one is in New Orleans. Um, but then other than that, you know, uh, Moses, anything else you want to add? I'm good, my friend. It's yeah. been an interesting week, and I'm excited for what's going to happen for the next couple weeks because we got baseball playoffs that just got started, and it's going to continue. So I'm excited to see Let's how go that Blue Jays. out. Then you also look at what's going on with the NFL uh, going into the, the next week coming up here, and then – you know, of course, you know, the National Hockey League is officially in their off season. We got the NBA Finals starting up, too. By the way, like a, even though it's the, the Lakers, you know my stance. Go Heat. <laughs> yes, I didn't even. I, I said ha- the Lakers will win it, but I'm still yeah. cheering for the Go Heat. Go Heat. Yeah, yeah, you know, go Heat. Uh, heat is on. Heat up. Let's do it. I want to see what they have to show for it. Um, but here's the thing. I think personally this, this is going to go to seven. Why? Because LeBron's going to show. Um, 
Anthony Davis is going to show up. They're going to be really good night after night, right? Because they know what they're doing. But you know who's not showing up? Danny Green is not showing up. Danny Green, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you now. We watched him last year. He didn't show up. Danny Green was Danny Green was lucky <laughs> that he didn't need to show up. Rajon Rondo will show up. So I think Tyler Hero and Anderson need to worry about that. Dion Waiters, I think he's gonna be playing a little bit. So he'll you know, KCP will show up, but he's gonna get left behind. Let's be perfect. Throw in the Henny God. Henny God, J.R. Smith, I don't even think they I don't think LeBron's gonna let him suit up. I'm being honest. He was in a hoodie when they received the uh, Western Conference Finals play. He, he Kendrick Perkins does, you know. That was Kendrick Perkins at last hey, time. Hey, man, there's no, you're won. still part of the team. It's, Yo, like when when you Kendrick, have that, it's like you have that school report. You didn't do any of the work, none but of it. it's, a, it's, it's a team effort, so you still yeah, get the grade. That's true. I'm not even lying to you. On God, the first time I actually even realized who Kendrick Perkins was, was when Cleveland uh, won their last Eastern Conference final. So when they lifted the trophy, I was I'm before then I didn't even notice he was on your Celtics No, it's OKC team. went to the NBA Not, final was I, instrumental in helping the Celtics cuz he was one of those great role players, great rim protector. Yeah. None of that mattered. None of went that went to the mattered. finals with OKC with yeah. the year when they yeah, lost yeah, to the yeah, Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that didn't no, matter. But and I told you they would have beat the Lakers in 20 20- Oh nine or twenty? It was it oh nine when they had the back to back and lost. Yes, twenty oh nine. We would have beat the Lakers if he played in Game Seven. Listen, I no, I agree. I understand that he's an he's an instrumental player. I went back there, I watched uh, highlights. I did my due diligence, but I'm just letting you know. I it's like you know this is sad because it makes me. It's like one of those things that makes you feel old. I remember <laughs> back in my day, we used to watch Charles Oakley. Oh, you know? yeah. Okay. Okay. I watched him for for OKC. That's when the when Knicks I were good. Oh, yeah. When the Knicks were good. Oh man, I, that's been yeah. Oof. <laughs> when the Knicks were good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. I think for us, the the I was just really impressed by how good he played for OKC as well. Incredible rim protector, like you had said. But yeah, hadn't seen him play a lick of, of, of the game. And then I watched this bearded man pick up uh, the Eastern Conference final trophy. Yeah. Like, Who's this Rick Who's Ross this looking like? Yeah, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Then they're like, when did oh. he start playing? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, that's Kendrick Perk. And I'm like, Perk? I was like, oh, homie from OKC. And then obviously connect the dots. And I'm like, oh, wait, he actually has a ring. This guy was there. You know what I mean? I, for some reason, only remember... Allen, uh, Big Baby, uh, obviously KG, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. There's uh, yeah, the second go around in the finals. They there's had, no one else. There's no one they else. They had uh, Glenn Robinson on that team as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no one else. No one Get else on that Celtic. Get out of here. Oh no! Don't worry. Number thirty-four. Ah. Have his number retired and all. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, yeah, like let's you know, not you forget say his, that night. If you say his name three times, he appears in your mirror. Act. <laughs> I'm hoping not. <laughs> I'll say it five because I, I <laughs> that's how angry I am. I wanna I wanna see him. I wanna see him. Um, okay. But anyone else? Um, I hope everyone has had a great uh, week. We look forward to coming back next week. Give you guys more sporting knowledge and and junk, whatever it is that comes to our mind. 
Um, but yeah, we are excited for the NBA playoffs. The kicking uh, finals, sorry, they're kicking off. NFL's getting hot. Uh, we'll see if Cleveland Browns actually come through. I'm sure they Mark will. Mark my words. Next time we talk, we'll be talking about the victorious Browns at three and one. Yeah. Okay. All right. You you know you never know. Dak Mark Pres- my words. Okay. I marked them. And Dark, Dak Prescott's not. He's he's a he's pretty decent. He's a stud. Okay. Signed, okay. sealed, okay. delivered. All right. All right. Okay. Put, so, <laughs> put a stamp on that. You can mail it. You can mail it. Uh, so we'll see. Come UPS back. truck is coming. It's mail's going to be hitting your home. <laughs> Direct. Bing. You got mail. Uh, one, two business days. That's yeah, what's going to happen. Under under three business days, we're going to get you that result. Cleveland Browns are going to be three and one. Moses is going to be, you know, singing to, to the rooftops. Uh, we'll probably just be seeing. I think the Lakers will take game one. What do you think, Moses? Playoffs. I think so. I I think I if for the Heat to have any chance in this series, they'd have to take game, they have to win game one. Yeah. Because I don't think they're winning game two. No. I'm sorry. But the Lakers in those Mamba jerseys yeah. are just too good. The whole series is for Kobe. So they're they're fighting at a different they got, level. Yeah, they got they got some extra motivation. They're fighting we'll see at what a happens. I'm not saying level. you're not gonna find that with Jimmy Butler. Because, yeah. you know, uh, this is a guy who's being clowned there. You're like, he's not going to make Like, we were just seeing some of the old, like, flashbacks of, like, videos. It's like he left Philadelphia to go to Miami. He's there to retire. He's just yeah. there to Ooh, He's just was... all in for himself because he wants to be the man. He's not wanting to play with other guys, blah, blah, blah. He's was... not going to – yeah, it's like you're not even going to make the playoffs. I, mean, I was very frustrated with you're that. The final. That was, Yeah, who – wasn't that – what's her name? Oh, it was that like take. Uh, Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie was talking about, like, them not making the playoffs. That frustrated and, me because – And I was just like – I don't know if I'd go that far yeah. because the East is not necessarily that crazy. If you said the finals, I had no doubt. No, like I wouldn't have blamed you. But I would have been like, yeah, it's legit. I are they gonna like? Are they gonna have a deep playoff run? Mm. But, but to not make yeah. the playoffs in the East, wow! I didn't. So you're think... saying? Are, are you saying the Washington Wizards were better than them? I'm Jesus like, absolutely Christ. not. Like I would have no. I would have said no. Yeah. So now that's a no. I just team. to make the playoffs, no. Yeah. But, but but what to, she was to do what they did was is a surprise for sure. Yeah, what she was saying made no sense to me because it, it's she, the guy left Minnesota because they weren't serious, and really Philadelphia the out that he he wanted to come back go back to Philadelphia. But you know we understand Philadelphia's issues run deeper than just Jimmy Butler being there or or not. You know, uh, Brown was the coach still, and I think he didn't. Um, think that Butler needed to necessarily be there for their success. He didn't vouch for him, so I think Butler being asked if he wanted to go was another way of them saying, hey, whether you're on the team or you're not, it's not going to make that big of a difference for us. So I think... The issue... Yeah. So I was just... you finish your point. I was saying, I think in his mind, he's saying, well, if, if that be the case, then let me not be here then. If you feel as though it's not that integral for me to be on the team because you already have your two superstars and maybe you don't think I'm the fit, the third piece to the, 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 the uh, quartet or at least the, the two pieces that you already have, you know, and try someone else. But, you know, they clearly can't find that third piece or they maybe they don't know what the two pieces should be working towards um, in, in Ben and Joel. Ben Simmons should start working on that three. But, you know, we've all said it. It's you, me, the ESPN, his coaches. Everybody in Philadelphia. Everyone in Philadelphia, <laughs> in his comments, are say, his girlfriend says it to him, I'm sure. I, I'm, I don't think he's not aware that he should be working on his shooting. 
But I don't. I'm know. not saying he he doesn't. It's just he. It's we're not just, seeing the evidence of it. Is yeah. he a great passer? Yes. Yes. The dude's like what six ten almost like, yeah. and the dude's got handles like mm-hmm. none other. Yeah. It's it's truly remarkable. He is a legitimate threat. But yeah. the thing is, he like you you don't necessarily need to like rush up on him or worry about him when he's on the perimeter. Like yep. he's not that great of a shooter. No. So you know you're worried about him driving and penetrating and dishing the ball or going hard to the basket. That's yeah. That's one thing, yeah. but he's just one-dimensional. He doesn't have those extra parts to his game where you could say, or maybe two-dimensional, but he's not. he doesn't have that shot where it, it strikes fear in the hearts of men. For sure. And you're like, all right, you do you, boo-boo. You can stay out of the top of the key. I'm going to go get the rebound, okay? Yeah. Here, I'll give you all this space, exactly. and I'm just going to go get the rebound. That, uh, yeah. But uh, to, to your point about Butler in that whole Philadelphia scenario, well, they should have they kept Butler – I think it's it's safe to say, but I they're they're worried there. And Jimmy Butler has said this in countless interviews afterwards mm-hmm. that there was no leadership, there was no focus, and that's the difference. With Spolstra, with what you have in terms of the leadership, and you don't have Yeah, you have a structure in the Miami Heat organization where you know where the instructions are coming from. Everybody knows their roles, and everybody knows they need to bust their ass. Like that's. That's the rule. And that's the type of arena that Jimmy Butler thrives in. And you look at the other players, the younger guys who are learning from this, like the Tyler Heroes, he's going to be a legend in his own right just because of that amazing work ethic that he has. And then on top of that, learning from a guy like Jimmy Butler is always going to make him better. And then you have a guy like Andre Iguodala who is known as a hard worker and a guy who continuously works on not only his game but the the way he stays in shape and his – mental capacity for the game is remarkable his iq is off the charts so when you combine all that together you have a great team uh in miami and that's and i think that's the biggest thing is a team and that can be very dangerous when you have a collective that's all in sync not looking for individuals and even guys who could take the game over and we saw actually a rotation of this Dragic uh had a couple good games uh solo wise butler has done the same tyler hero with that 38 point effort that he had uh, against the celtics in the conference championships and then what else uh who am i thinking of bam yeah bam was mm-hmm. also playing extremely well mm-hmm. and i'm trying to think of the uh, the other role player off the bench too uh names skipping me not Oh man, I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, but it's it just kind of floating in there. But they they had guys off the bench who've actually stepped up and and scored big time buckets for them as well. Yeah. On top of Iguodala. Yeah. So when you look at what this team is, essentially, you know, it's it's right in the DNA of Jimmy Butler. We have a structure. We know what's going on, and everybody kind of feeds off that. Whereas in Philadelphia, there wasn't anything like that. You know, there was a lot of players that were timid. Or nobody knew who was kind of the boss. Like Brett Brown kind of let the inmates run the asylum a little bit. Or so he wasn't the guy. And I think there there wasn't that continuity in Philadelphia like there is in Miami, where Butler has flourished. <laughs> they were the yeah. guy like Pat Riley. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting contest throughout. Uh, I think it's going to be a great series. Uh, I do believe it could go the full distance, as you said, seven games. But, you know, um, obviously for. For selfish reasons, I'm going to cheer for the Heat. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but I, I'm still thinking the Celtics – or not the Celtics, excuse me. The Lakers are <laughs> formidable and they got this one. I, I – you know, I think you, – you know what's also kind of interesting to me as well as a as, – as perspective is at the beginning of the season, Andre Iguodala was not actually uh, a Miami Heat player. 
that his contract was being sent to um, Memphis. Memphis. And the Grizzlies. Like, I don't want to play. The Grizzlies are pretty good. You know, John Morant's a really good player. And they they showed that in the bubble too. Jaw like they show that they have the they have and I and and perspective wise, if you looked at their roster and you looked at Miami's roster at that point, who's to say which one had a better, you know, sort of chance at making the playoffs you could i test wise you know either or had just as much of a chance but i think iggy realized and i think it was even kind of interesting that he was picking specifically miami because i think there were maybe two other deals on the on the table he could have gone somewhere else as well um but he he picked miami and i think he saw something that like I think maybe the rest of us weren't really noticing at first, and and I think that's what we're showing, we're seeing now that the young kids all like everyone on that starting five has a chip on their shoulder because none of them are first round draft picks. That's a that's a full squad of second and third round draft picks, right? And then you know one of the one of the shooters has gone was undrafted, so in in Robinson, so it shows that they have that chip. And I think maybe that's what Andre noticed. Um, I could be just talking out my butt, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think they definitely have a, they, a better chance. And Andre figured that out early on because Memphis, I thought would have been just as good of a decision to make on his, if you're doing a one year, no one expects you to be playing in the playoffs, but here we are, you know, Andre Iguodala, I haven't seen him with hair, I don't know, since he was a sixer. So this is going to be very interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, other than that, we got a little sidetrack. But, yes, y'all, uh, we look forward to all those results. I'm so excited to see how this is going to play out. Uh, Moses, thanks so much for coming back on board. I'll leave you to it. I'm sure you have more uh, muffins to cook, uh, to bake up, cupcakes, um, more travels, more stories to, to write down and tell the world because you are a well-traveled man. Um, but we will be seeing each other next week for another rendition of Beyond the Bleachers. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, and I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, I received... Oh, God, I just received an important message here. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. Okay. It's very important. It says urgent. It came just... Just from the government of Canada. Moses, would you like me to read it? Okay. No. Dear all, <laughs> thank you for giving me the art. It just says right here, Paul Pierce ain't shit. I don't know what that means, but it's that's an email that I just received. Uh, but other than that, anyone else, uh, I hope you have a good day, except the guy in that email uh, with regards to the email. But... So you're talking about the government of Canada? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is federal. This goes all the way to the top, man. So, hey, it's not me saying it. You know who to talk to. JT. I think he has very similar feelings on this guy. Uh, But anyway, everyone, have a good one. Thank you very much. This podcast is a Collab House production.